0: Do you believe in coincidences? Do you think that things just happen just for the sake of it? Or do you feel that some things happen in order to prove something to us, in order to change our mindset or reorient us on certain things? It will shock you to know that there are persons who believe that some occurrences, if not all, in the Bible. Were mere coincidences that did not mean anything and should just be taken with a pinch of salt for me actually I believe that the Bible and the things that are called in, the, in it are not coincidences as God never does anything for no reason he does all things to prove or establish something for instance the coming of Christ and all that Christ did was to fulfill the word of God that had been passed down through several prophets and in turn his word that was to be fulfilled was done. So based on this our interests were saved, we were saved, we were delivered and we were redeemed. On today's episode of A Sessions with the We once more be looking at the dots that has led to our redemption, the connecting dots. I previously did one, but I decided to do another again, titled Connecting the Dots Again, to help us really look at the things, the activities, the actions of God that have led us to the realm of redemption. Without further ado, thank you for joining me today on Versations with the SAS. It's amazing that you take our time to join me. And conversations with the SAS is a podcast that talks about understanding the Word of God, applying it to our everyday life, not using common sense, but using the Bible, the Word of God as the very foundation, for it is the very best that we can stand on and not sleep like I said before, we'll be talking about connecting the dots again, trying to create that link, trying to create a roadmap, a timeline, if you, if you would say, that led to our being redeemed, that led to our redemption. So, let's take a look at the beginning. That is the Garden of Eden, where it all started we find Adam and Eve doing all God had commanded, being in a blissful union, enjoying the very essence of God's abundance in the garden and Eden. And of course, this doesn't last for long as an experience happens that catapults the amazing habitat of man, which was the presence of God a man out of that realm into a realm of suffering and struggle which is a far cry from the intention of God and this was as a result of disobedience now this disobedience led to a great disconnection a disconnection that ought not to be there in the first place but due to the dark consequences of the disobedient acts that they partook in this was a necessary step that God had to take in order to eradicate every form of uncleanness or unholiness from the garden of Eden. Of course, after the fall of man, God decided. it was I believe that it was at the time that man fell that God started planning how to redeem us, how to set us free, and how to start up our redemption process our redemption pro project now this is not because god did not have the power to eradicate everyone and start again or with the words of his mouth formulate others he did it because of his love uncommon love a love that cannot even be shown by another human to another this is a love that god showed for us that instead of instead of making us perish he brought us into his marvelous light of course you might say eh well what about Noah and the people of you know the um, Noah's people and all those that particular circumstance goes to show us the extent at which God really had the power to wipe out each eleven of us and start again but yet but yet he did not Going back to the aftermath of the disobedience and the consequences that led to them being taken out of the Garden of Eden, we see a restructuring, we see a a divine strategy to bring us back to God. Now, watch me closely because I really want to point out two things that happened at the beginning and what happened. End of an era. At the beginning of an era, there was the Garden of Eden, a place of lush abundance, a place of, of beauty, of rest, a place of peace. And there, man was given the opportunity, the authority to name animals. He was given that, you know, chance to do what he wanted. He was given that, you know, free will to do exactly what he wanted. And it was in that garden that man slept. And then, because God found out that it wasn't good that man should be alone, and God formed the woman out of the man's rib not only that they continue to live their lives Adam is very overwhelmed by the sight of Eve and what does he do they continue this relationship in the garden of Eden now I want you to walk along with me because I mentioned two things I mentioned the garden and I mentioned sleeping now we see the process of everything and their disobedience Cain, abel Zed and all those persons Noah, abraham down to the book of matthew where if you followed my previous podcast you will understand that 14 generations um from 14 generations there are two sets of 14 generations and the power of 14 means deliverance so we can see that God had it 14 generations from David down to Joseph and 14 generations from Judah downward so we can see that God had it in mind all along to redeem us because of the power of 14 if you haven't listened to that you need to go listen to that so coming up we get to Matthew a child is born the word has started unraveling. The tapestry has started forming. The 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 drawing has, and the molding has finally started taking shape. Because the child is born, the gold fragrances are made, are given to the child. And then there's a promise that yes, this is a child that will deliver. He will call, be, um, deliver his people. He will be called Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, and all that. And this child grows up. He's, he's to the extent, and then you can see the love of God in him to so the extent that he He, he stays in, in, in the temple and his parents go on thinking that he is with them and then they come back and all those things and then we watch the growth process of Jesus from from a young boy into a grown man and we see after he has gotten his His disciples here the sick gotten that attention From people through his works, through his deeds, both good and bad intentions, and the rest, it gets to the point when he is to die. And this is where I want us to really pay attention to. Jesus goes to the garden to pray. It was in that same garden that it said that his sweat was as thick as blood, and then he asked God to take away the scope of suffering but yet he said not my will but let your will be done in contrasting what happened in the garden of eden and the garden of gethsemane we see two things happen happen there is a fall at the garden of eden but then by fetching of, of of a sacrifice to be done, there is a lifting as an at another location. Several thousands of years later, there is a redemption in the Garden of Gethsemane. There is a redemption, but yet we can see that there is a talk of will at the Garden of Gethsemane. We see that in the Garden of Eden, Adam says, Ah, isn't the woman you gave me? There is Um, so much turmoil, so much chaos, so much tension brewing. We can sense in the air, in the garden of Eden, the smell of betrayal, of mistrust that has been done by Adam against God. And here we see also in the garden of Gethsemane where God is is being asked that his will is what should be done. And God is being asked that okay, fine, please take with this cup of suffering. You can see the struggle. There is a struggle that in fact it's like it's at his forces are acting to make sure that what happened at the Garden of Eden repeats itself in God's sermon. Going back to the issue of sleeping, you see that Adam slept, and out of that out of the sleeping came out a woman you can see the disciples also sleeping in the garden in Gethsemane instead of praying but yet that does not even deter what is about to come of course Jesus is, on, is not happy with disciples and asks them couldn't you pray with me for a while like, couldn't you just pray, couldn't you just stand up and pray and, and then he leaves, goes to pray comes back and sees them and just lets them be you know, understanding that this is more this is a very great responsibility and he will not let the outcome of their sleep Neither will they allow the fact that they are sleeping, swell or tarnish what he's about to do. You know there are persons that you put some, you know, trust in and you're like, okay, please help me wait on the Lord for this or help me do this and you come and you see they're not doing it, it's frustrating, it's almost discouraging. But God didn't or Jesus did not allow that to deter him. Even though it was asking for God to take it with the cup, and even though with the same person was asking God to do his will and not his will, what is the lesson we can see from connecting the garden in Eden and the Garden in Gethsemane? Is that there is a point that God goes back, goes back to reorganize our lives, goes back back reroutes our step to make sure that we become better we can see i really don't believe it's a coincidence i believe it's strategic it speaks about doing a new thing it speaks about correcting the wrongs it speaks about breaking the foundations the cheap foundations and erecting more solid one. It speaks about a time of cleansing, of holiness, a time of, of realigning our assignment with the Lord's desires. So what am I saying? In connecting these dots again, we get to see the very paramount nature of Christ, the very ever-redeeming nature of Christ in all that He does. If He didn't care about us he will not go to that extent I like to tell people do not feel entitled to God's love because you don't deserve it we do not deserve it but because he loved us he first loved us he decided that yes I will come and I will deliver these people I will come and I will set them free from the captivity from the bondage that they themselves put on themselves because of their disobedience and so he he, he, he taught it that the garden of Eden must be replicated in order to break every curse, in order to break every chain of suffering, of struggle, of affliction. For what cause? To bring us an expected end, to redeem us, to set us free and to give us a new beginning, a new slate, a new life abundantly. So, learn to to give it that thought that god has us in mind regardless of what you're going through regardless of what the circumstances may be god has you at heart it doesn't matter what your past is like it doesn't matter what your past is looking like it doesn't even matter what it it doesn't even matter if your past is making you doubt the credibility of the future that god has for you god does all things perfectly you serve a God that is that provides exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever think or imagine. Meaning he exceeds your expectations in the book of Hebrews he says before pray, he has got her to fulfill it. So it doesn't matter what has happened in your Eden. It doesn't matter what has happened in your wilderness. It doesn't matter what disobedience acts, what circumstances, what situation you found yourself in your old garden of Eden. There is a garden of Gethsemane where there is victory over emotions. There's victory over one's will. There's victory over one's resolve. And at the end of the day, that prevailing brings about victory. So forget about your Eden forget about the past and hand it over to God because right from where you thought you fell is a God that struck his hand out to make sure that he caught you so that you can come back to him I hope this speaks to you I hope this brings a door a connection to you I hope this opens the door of understanding of the knowledge of christ that regardless of whatever guarding whatever guarding whatever situation you have found yourself in you are still redeemable forget the voices that tell you you are not worthy you're worthy of love you're worthy of redemption so you must also reach out to christ and hold his hand because behold he stands at the door and knock you must open the door for him to come in i hope you want You've understood and I hope that this has blessed you and I hope that this has touched your life and I hope that you will also share this with other persons do not forget for sessions with us it's an amazing time for us to sit and talk about the Word of God how to make our lives better so you can ask questions make contributions and it would be lovely to hear from you take care have a wonderful day do not forget COVID-19 is still around please put on your face mask and perform social distancing. Till next time, bye.